It is January 30th, 1933, and nearly noon. It's almost dismissal time, and Helmut is sitting on a hard wooden chair in the school auditorium. He is waiting for a special radio broadcast, a broadcast so important that the whole school has been gathered to listen. At first, his classmates sit quietly. As the minutes tick toward dismissal, the boys fidget, swinging their legs, tapping the floor with their heavy brown shoes, whispering and snickering when their teachers aren't looking. Helmut is filled with a sense of anticipation. Something big is about to happen. He can feel it, has felt it for days. It has something to do with Adolf Hitler, he is sure. At the front of the auditorium, a fifth-grade teacher turns on the large radio. It crackles, and a stormy arpeggio from the final movement of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata bursts forth. Its ferocity underscores the day's unquiet. The teacher twists the knob, tunes in the German Reichstation, the RRG. The radio squawks, and then a newscaster speaks in a whisper. Guten Tag. Good day, he says, as if he doesn't want to disturb anyone, as if he is about to apologize for interrupting the school day. But he doesn't apologize. Instead, his booming voice fills the auditorium. Reich President Paul von Hindenburg has just formed a new government. Adolf Hitler, leader of the National Socialist Party, has been sworn into office as the new Chancellor of the Reich. Martial music swells from the speakers. Something inside Helmut swells, too. It has happened. Hitler is Chancellor. This is big news. The room buzzes. Several older boys, sixth graders, leap to their feet. They clap one another on the back, thrust out their right arms in the Nazi salute, and bark, Heil Hitler! Helmut is amazed at their boldness. Even more amazed that not one teacher grabs them by the collar and shakes them, tells them to sit, to mind their manners. Those swaggering boys belong to the Jungfolk, the Hitler youth group for boys 10 to 14. They sport brown shirts and swastika armbands, shiny belts and buckles, and best of all, daggers inscribed with the words, blood and honor, that glint from leather sheaths. The boys' eyes glitter. Did you hear that, Saligman? says one boy, leering. There aren't many Jews in the school, but the Hitler youth want the schoolyard Judenfrei, Jew-free. Benno Seligman ignores their taunts. He gazes stonily ahead, but two angry red splotches glow on his cheeks. The teachers ignore the Hitler youth. They are too busy whispering sharply with the other teachers fighting over the reasons why Germany is so desperate for Adolf Hitler. It's the same grown-up argument Helmut has heard everywhere, between his mother and his grandparents, among his neighbors in the tenement, floating out of the teacher's room at school, and even among the older boys in the schoolyard. At last, wait and see, says one teacher. Hitler will get Germany out of this mess. No more unemployment, no more inflation. He will bring jobs, food for our tables. Another teacher shakes his head. Bah! Hitler is a lunatic. He will bring war. And so the argument goes back and forth among the teachers. Nonsense! Hitler wants peace! A strong Germany! Wait and see. He will restore our greatness. The problem is that treaty. It's a sacrilege. 
Helmut knows about the Treaty of Versailles, the peace agreement that ended the Great War in 1918. The treaty forced Germany to take all the blame for starting the war and to pay high reparations that made Germany poor. The treaty caused unemployment, poverty, inflation, and mostly it brought shame and humiliation to Germany. A few teachers seem unconcerned by these arguments. They shrug their shoulders and stand idly with their hands in their pockets. What do I care? Hitler? What does it matter? All their promises sound the same. Nothing but lies. Mark my words. Hitler won't last long. The German people won't be ruled by an idiot. Hitler will be hard on the Jews. I would not want to be a Jew in Germany. Hitler's just huffing and puffing about the Jews. He knows how to play up patriotism by giving people a common enemy. He makes people afraid. That's what he does. It's bad, the things that can happen when people become afraid. Helmut glances back at Benno Seligmann. Helmut doesn't know many Jews besides Benno and Benno's father, who owns a butcher shop. And there's Herr Koltenbach, the baker, who gives Helmut extra apple cake trimmings. Helmut doesn't know why being a Jew is a big deal. Jews are children of Israel, God's first chosen people. That's what the Bible says. And that's what Helmut's church teaches. He's a Mormon and belongs to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mormons believe that people have a right to worship how or where or what they want. It's written right in the 13 Articles of Faith, Article 11 to be exact.